0: Are you ready? Well, we just drove in, just arrived from Miami, and we are here, and glad to be here. We listened. We were a part of what you were doing uh, while we were driving, and I can tell you I, I love, even on the other side of that glass, I loved, well, I wasn't watching. My wife was watching. I was listening. I was driving and listening, but uh, love uh, what, what, what we have here. And I can tell you, if I were not the preacher, if I were not leading this house and expected to be standing behind this pulpit every Sunday, I'd still be here every Sunday. And I know that about me because I did that before I was a preacher. Because I always had this anticipation that something incredible might happen. I'm just the kind of guy that doesn't like to miss stuff. I like to make sure if it's going to happen, I'm going to be a part of it and uh, there's something excited about that. There's something excited about being crazy real. I'm excited about Holy Spirit, how about you? Are you ready this morning to learn? Get your Bibles out, get your Bibles out. Stand with me this morning if you would please. Father, we honor you. We celebrate your word to us. We position ourselves, put your hands on your ears. We put our hands on our ears. We position ourselves to hear what you have to say today. We put our hands on our heart, that part of us that represents our connection with you that looks the most natural. And we set ourselves today to receive into the deepest part of who we are all that you want to release. We embrace all of it. Change us today. Change us, Holy Spirit. Let us be able to see the moments that are crazy real that don't always look that way. Let us see... Through the eyes of Holy Spirit today, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. So you were singing the first song when you were singing that song, and there's a line in that song, and, I, and I'm going to get it wrong. Where's Kaylee Hoffman? Uh, she's out with the baby. But uh, there's a line in that song that talks about the deep place, the secret places. Um, who was singing that? Can Tell me that line. What was that line? The secret places, what's that whole line? Take me there beyond what I know. Take me there beyond what I know. The secret places where you dwell. My wife and I had an incredible opportunity as you're turning your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We had an amazing opportunity this week um, when we met where we were, we met a man. We didn't know who the man was, but I happened to be wearing one of the Get Loud t-shirts that say, follow me to the rock on the back. And I was walking around this environment that we were in, and there were 7,000 people there that day. And among 7,000 people, a single man among them saw me wearing that shirt as I was getting something to eat. My wife and I went over to the table. We sat down, and we're eating our, I think it was breakfast. We're eating our breakfast And this man walks over to the table and he said, tell me what your shirt means. And we had just started eating. My first thought, my first thought was I have not taken a bite out of my hot egg yet. (laughs) And you're standing at the end of my table and asking me what my shirt means. So my first thought was navigating my hunger, (laughs) balancing, reconciling that with my desire to really want him to know but I know me so I know there's no quick answer to what my shirt means so I start explaining to him and sharing with him uh, about what it is and what the rock is and he said he said I knew you were a preacher and he said and so am I and he pastors a church of 15,000 in in, uh, Vancouver Washington State and um he said i saw that and i knew there was something about that and he said i had to know and he said i know you're eating And the long story short he said i know you're eating but we begin to talk about uh just who he is and he had just transferred the mantle of leadership of that ministry uh to another person and we begin to talk about that and he said if you have time i would love it if you could make time and i would like to sit down and just chat with you before we leave and uh, you know here's this guy you know he's he doesn't have much time and uh, my wife and I yesterday sat with him for almost two hours just just sharing just talking just exchanging thoughts and love 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 loved him and just what he represents but as we're talking to him I'm listening to some of the things that he's saying and I'm thinking about what I'm talking about today how Holy Spirit really gives us these crazy, real moments. It's just crazy, real. Because when you're sitting at the table, when the man's standing at the end of my table, he could have been the driver of the dump truck that emptied our dumpster this week. But he leads a ministry that he started in his living room. Started it in his living room, and today just over 15,000 people are there every Sunday morning. And then listening to what he had to say, and my wife even said at one point, she said, you sound a lot like us. The truth would be, we probably sound a lot like him because he's a little bit older than me or us. But there's these crazy real moments when you begin to put them together and you begin to see the ways that Holy Spirit moves. How many of you have really been changed by this word in this series that we've been preaching, we've been talking about? Are you learning anything? See, it doesn't do any good to hear it. We need to hear it again and again. I hope you don't hear it once and then walk away. What I hope you're doing is downloading the podcast and listening to it over and over because nobody's singing anything out there or saying anything out there that's going to be any more powerful or advantageous to you than listening over and over and over again to the word that the Father's releasing in the house that you are a family member of. Amen? You want to get this in you, get it in you. Let it get deep. Don't let it get skin deep. Let it get blood deep. Somebody say amen. Amen. So I want to start today by reading from Acts chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses here. But I want to share with you what a crazy real moment is. And it is those things that happen that can only be supernatural and yet shouldn't. they it's only possible that these things are supernatural. And yet, they shouldn't be supernatural. What do I mean by that? I mean by that that what what do you think that God expects of you? Somebody said something this week to my wife and I. We were talking to them. We met a lot of people on uh, this trip and and down where we were. We met a lot of people. And somebody had said to us, they were comparing a group of people and we were uh, uh, indirectly a part of this group and he was referring to this group without realizing what he was saying and he he threw the word in there somewhere average and I said, well, I can, I promise, I listened for a second and I waited for him to change and then I said, I promise you there's nothing average about us. If there is anything average about us, that's going, going to change very quickly because to me average is failure. There's no, in my world, there's no difference between an F on my report card and a C. In my world. In my world, if it's not better than average, then I'm not giving it enough effort. Then I'm not trusting someone or something bigger than me. I'm not allowing myself to uh, put aside my pride long enough to go to somebody else and say, help me through this time. Help me past average. Because usually our pride will keep us in the average or below range. Because we don't want to go to somebody and say, you've been there, you know a little bit more about this, can you help me through it? Because we don't want somebody to think we don't know something. We want everybody to believe, whether we do or not, that we know it all. So pride will always keep you at average or below. So in my world, there's nothing. So I said, let me just say something we're not average. And if we are, we're going to change that. So if you see us, no, 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 I'm not saying, and he said very quickly, no, 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 I know you guys, you're not average, you're not average, but, but wait a minute, but this group you're referring to is a part of, not, and it wasn't the group of the church, this group you're referring to includes us. <laughs> peripherally, maybe, but it includes us. And So anyway, he tried to regroup, but crazy real moment. See, the things that God expects of you, the things that Yahweh wants of you, the things that he's calling out to you about, see, to most people, it would be supernatural, but the things that you and I do that should be happening on a regular basis should no longer be supernatural. See, supernatural to me is a guy that doesn't know the Lord, a guy that is not spirit-filled, or even better, let me use the word I started using 20 years ago, a guy that's not spirit-empowered. Supernatural to me is someone who has no relationship with Jesus Christ, has never received Him, has no knowledge of God, has no understanding of what and how Holy Spirit can really empower them to be more than they can. Supernatural is that person suddenly who was outside making the decision to receive Christ and coming inside, that is supernatural. Now, for a guy like me who is spirit-empowered, a guy like me who has relationship with God, who has received Jesus Christ, if I go to an altar today and say, forgive me of my sins, Jesus, I repent, and yet I'm already in relationship with him, there's nothing supernatural about that. And and the father would be saying, what are you doing? Excuse me, McFly. What are you doing? Hello. Did you forget between yesterday and today who you are? Are you asking me to make this look supernatural? You want me to add some bells and whistles to this moment this time? Will it make a difference? if I make you, Maybe I'll make the hair on your arm stand up. Would that feel better? Or give you goosey bumps? Would that feel better? Hello, McFly, hello. No. See, supernatural, when I'm on the outside and I come in, that's a supernatural moment. But when you're on the inside, you're experiencing the Father expects us to be doing things that our natural man without him couldn't. And he doesn't, supernatural suggests that it's a rare, almost never thing. That's why it's supernatural. It's outside of the norm. It's incredibly outside. It's just amazingly outside the norm. That's supernatural. But in the kingdom, when we're spirit-empowered people, There's going to be crazy, everybody say crazy real, crazy real real moments that shouldn't be. They're crazy real, but they're only crazy real because it's outside of our expectation. What happens when I begin to expect? I know everybody in town has the flu, but I'm just not going to go ahead and accept that. I know everybody in my family line is broke, in debt, on welfare, has no hope, no dreams, no vision. But I'm not going to accept that. I know everybody in my family gets divorced after three or four years. And everybody, all the girls in my family have babies before wedlock. I know that's my inheritance. I'm not going to accept that. I'm not average. I know that's what's expected. See, I'm not, I'm not doing what's expected because that's not what the Father's expecting of you. The Father expects you and I to come to a place where what was once supernatural now is, this is the way it is. Crazy real, you want to know what crazy real is? Crazy real is coming to the place where supernatural to you isn't supernatural anymore. This is just what happens to a guy like me who trusts the Father and who is empowered by Holy Spirit and who walks in favor because my relationship is right with Him. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about today? Let's talk about this a little bit this morning. So crazy real, this is crazy real. So what has happened in your life that you would consider crazy real? Think about it for a second. What has happened in your life you would consider crazy real? Crazy. This is something I could have never done on my own. Only God could have done that. If he does it the second time, is it still crazy real? Well, I guess it could be if you didn't expect it the second time. But, you know, when I have relationship with a Father and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, I begin to believe things about myself I did not think were possible until I believe those things are possible. You believe the impossible into the possible. You have faith for the impossible to become the possible. You have faith for the supernatural to become the natural. Somebody needs to hear me. You need to hear me. So let's read in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 reads like this In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. He taught. Everybody say he taught? taught. A A lot. Until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving his chosen apostles further instructions, how? Through the Holy Spirit. I can tell you today, I would never sit under a teacher that was not empowered by the Holy Spirit. If there were not manifestations of the Holy Spirit present in their life, why would I want to listen to anything they've got to say related to the kingdom? I mean, I don't expect my math professor to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want him trying to do the supernatural with equations. I just want two plus two to equal four. But he said, in my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions, and he did that through the Holy... Even Christ. Christ did not say, I'm going to teach you in my name. All my wisdom comes from just being Jesus. I'm wise because I'm just Jesus. I have the ability to do what I do just because I'm Jesus. Well, you have the ability to do what you do because one, you're the Son of God and two, you trust Holy Spirit, that part of God that causes us to understand what the Father wants from us. That's right. Amen. Jesus wasn't obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, because it was a good idea. He was that because Holy Spirit helped him understand how that would enable you and I to be redeemed and come into right relationship with his daddy. Even when he said, if it's possible to let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, don't let it be my will, but your will, that understanding came because of his relationship with the Father through Holy Spirit. That was necessary for him. So he taught them, gave them instructions, and he did that by Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. Everybody say, time to time. time. And he proved to them. He proved in many ways, that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. The power of Holy Spirit is to prove, in many ways, that Christ is actually alive in you. Some, some of our crazy real moments are to show people, or to cause people to come to us and say, "What makes you different?" How is it, there's two things that will be said about you or me. One One of them is this. First question, how is it that you are so different in the middle of all of what this, whatever this is, in the middle of all that's going on, how is it that you are set apart? The answer is only Holy Spirit. The other question that someone will ask, the one of two, is how is it in all of this You aren't set apart. What is it about you that makes you comfortable being the average guy? What is it about you that makes it comfortable for you to be able to blend into the wall and disappear and not somehow stand out? Is there something present in you that makes it okay just to, to become what everybody else is? Or do you believe that there's a greater purpose? The only way I can understand the greater purpose is to do and to receive what Christ gave to the apostles and he taught them through the Holy Spirit. There's a positioning that you and I need to take where we say, Holy Spirit, you begin to teach me, set me apart. Now you might say, well, I don't want to be set apart from everybody in this congregation. I love where everybody's at. No, 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 I need you to be set apart. I need you to rise up into your place. If you're trying to be like me or you're trying to be like her or him or them or they or somebody across the room and, and do all of that, then at some point, if everybody's doing that same thing and that's everybody's same desire, there's never a crazy real moment because at some point that creates an average system because everybody's on the same, in the same place, not necessarily the same level, but in the same place. See, what the Father wants to do is, He says, I want to call you out. I want you to stand out. I want to have some crazy real moments, and I want to teach you. I want you to draw in Holy Spirit. Mariah. He wants you to rise up and be very different. It doesn't matter. I need that peculiar way in you. That way you dance. And you know why he wants to use you to dance like that? Because what I just did was nothing like that. And I'm never going to do that again. And he knows that. But we need that peculiar way so that crazy real moments are born out of that. The power of Holy Spirit is to prove in many ways that Christ is actually alive in you. There is a reflection of Holy Spirit when someone sees something very different in you. My wife and I were sitting in a beach chair on a beach in the middle of somewhere away. And we're sitting there and we're under, an, I'm under an umbrella, she's not, she's under the sun, I'm under an umbrella. And I'm laying on this thing, and I'm enjoying myself, just laying there, and two people come up. Well, first of all, well, let me just, I'll leave part of it out. But two people come up, they plop, right, I mean, they're this close to me. In a chair, he's here, she's there, that was my first thought. There are a lot of chairs. What? Is there something comforting about being two inches away from somebody you don't even know? It's really uncomfortable. It was odd. And they sat there. Then they get up and they go get Sandy and then the water and then they come back and they sit there. And then I smell the salt. And I'm just sitting there. And then a few minutes later, the guy said, so... Where are you from? (laughs) Um, I don't think we have time for this conversation because I'm leaving right in about five minutes. No, I didn't say that. I said, well, I'm actually from Orlando, Florida. Oh, really? Well, we're from Canada. Oh, that's awesome. What part of Canada? We talked a little bit. Started chatting it up a little bit. They don't get me started because I get going. So we're talking and he said, uh, and then his wife said something to us. And she said, I don't remember what it was she said. She said something. And it brought up what we do. And I said, I'm a teacher. What do you teach? The gospel. The Bible. The kingdom. What do you mean? They might actually be watching right now. Barb, if y'all are watching. Vlad, if y'all are watching. Hey, talking about you. So, what do you mean? Well, you know, I I I teach the Bible. So you're you're like a like a religion, like a denomination. No, we're not a religion. We're not a denomination. We're none of that. We're 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 a church. We're a family of people that love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. Well, what is it that you believe there? You know, uh, we know that you know our background. This the man was from Croatia and the woman was from. Ontario. And so what do you believe there? Because, you know, our, we, you know we, we don't go to church, blah, 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 blah. And, and I said, well, and, and we've heard a lot of people talk about what they believe and, and it's just so confusing. I said, well, I can tell you what we believe and make it real easy for you. And, uh, well, no, first they said, do you believe the Bible? And I said, oh yeah, I believe. I believe it's part of it. And um, I said, but if you read the Bible and you stick to the Bible and and you don't listen to the voice of God, the Bible will absolutely confuse you and you'll give up before you get started. And they're like, we know. It's true. I said, there's three things that I teach at the Rock of Central Florida, our church in in Florida. There's three things that I teach and I said that is there are three non-negotiable things in the kingdom of God. Everything else is negotiable. And it's real easy. If you can get these three things, Vlad, if you can get these three things, Barb, you can make it. What are they? God is the Father, number one. Jesus Christ is his son, and he is our doorway to the Father, number two. Holy Spirit is that part of God that helps us to know God and without him we cannot know God. That's number three. If you can get those three things, you got it. What? <laughs> <laughs> but what about all the rules? What about this and all these and all the yada, 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 yada. And I said, the reason number two came was to do away with number, all those rules. <laughs> <laughs> there was a number two so that that stuff could be done away with. What the, but that stuff is still happening. But if you receive number two, and then you allow number three to bring you into the Father, don't don't get lost in the number two. I see all the snickering going on here. If you receive Christ, keep it, keep it straight. If you receive Christ, and you'll allow Holy Spirit to bring you into the knowledge of who the Father really is, then all of those rules won't won't be necessary because by the Spirit you will begin to live this life that demonstrates and reflects the nature of Christ. And they were getting it. And for two hours we talked to them about one, two, and three. And then by the time we were done, they were downloading the church app. And they were wanting to stream. And they might be right now, Vlad, Barb, we love you, bless you. Well, we don't love you, we don't know you, but we'll try to love you when we know you. But we think you're awesome. We will come to love you. But we know you. We love you in the Lord, I guess is the right. Maybe that'll, that's, if, if you need that, that's what it is. <laughs> so the power of Holy Spirit is to prove in many ways that Christ is alive in us. See, the difference, I, I, I'm never interested. I said this to the team this morning before service started. We were talking to them on the speakerphone and I said to them before service started, I said, Uh, out of something that Tim Carney had shared, a word he had shared, but I said that, you know, being a witness, it's just being a witness isn't enough, and that's what he was saying. It's being a demonstration that makes the difference. See, you don't have to be born again to be a witness. Paul demonstrated that with the rascal that was walking around saying, Hey, everybody praise God, everybody praise God, everybody praise God, and then he got rebuked. He was trying to be a witness Mocking the kingdom without relationship with Christ. But when you have relationship with Christ and you're empowered by Holy Spirit, these crazy real moments happen that we're going to talk about in a second. These crazy real moments happen that eventually won't be even crazy real anymore because you will begin to expect them of yourselves. That suddenly you become a demonstration and there really isn't a need. I didn't even have a Bible with me sitting next to Vlad and Barb. Right? Not taking anything away from the Bible. But I didn't need the Bible. For everybody that needs a Bible to be a witness and a demonstration, get saved. But sitting there, it opened up what became for them a crazy real moment. For my wife and I, it happens like that all the time. Where are you from? What does that mean on your arm? I heard you guys talking. We just happened to be standing behind you in the coffee line and we heard you talking about kingdom stuff. What does that mean? Oh, have a seat. (laughs) Things begin to happen. Ezekiel 37, let's talk about what crazy real looks like. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10 says this. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. It was full of bones. Set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. Has anyone ever felt like the Father sat you down in the middle of a valley of dry, dead bones? Raise your hand if you've ever felt like that. Well, what would you do with that moment? What would you do with that moment? Did you look around and say, oh, why? You gave me nothing but dry bones. I thought you were God. I thought you cared about me, and you gave me bones? There's not even any meat on these bones. In fact, they've been dead so long they're scorched, dry, falling apart. Sorry, I'm spitting across the room. Falling apart. Listen, I, I had a bad cup of coffee. And no water because I had to drive three and a half hours to get here to be with you this morning. I am parched. I'm thirsty. (laughs) So if I spit, forgive me. I don't even know where it's coming from because there's no fluid in my body. But you sat me down in this dry bed of bones. What would you do with that moment? He hates me. Oh God, hates me. He hates me. Haven't I learned this lesson already? If you're doing that, you haven't learned it yet. (laughs) Oh! I smell death. It looks so bad everything around me is dead and dying i don't see life i don't see green i don't see muscles i don't see sinews i don't see anything on these bones oh god oh god oh god what have i done what have i done have i not learned my lesson no i haven't learned my lesson because i'm still doing that But the hand of the Lord was upon me Ezekiel says and he brought me out in the spirit in the what? In the spirit of the Lord. What happens? How does he bring you up? if you if you're not if you don't allow Holy Spirit to empower you? Where's he going to take you? It's only in the spirit of the Lord that you can be taken and put in a place where you can find out what you're really made of. If you say Holy Spirit, I don't want anything to do with you, he's not going to be able to take you where he needs to take you to fix you up. Oh man, that was so good. If I'm going to deny Holy Spirit and deny the power of Holy Spirit and deny His voice and deny what He says to me and I'm going to set Him aside and I'm not going to acknowledge that it's, He's wanting to work in me and do things in me. If I'm not going to acknowledge that I'm ne- I don't give the Father anything. It's, uh, it's on the wings of Holy Spirit that He can put me in the places where He needs to do His work in me. He can transfer me from this to that. He says the hand of the Lord was upon me brought me out in the everybody say in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the middle of this valley and it was full of bones. But what happened next to this guy Ezekiel? What happens next? And he led me around among them and behold there were many on the surface of the valley and behold they were very dry. They weren't just dead and dry. They were very dry. And he said to me son of man can these bones live? And I said oh Lord God only you know. Then he said to me prophesy over these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Notice he didn't say, son of man, I want you to prophesy over these bones and tell them God's about to speak. This is a crazy real moment for Ezekiel. Don't you say, hey, listen up, because God's about to speak. No, he said, you're going to open your mouth, you're going to talk, and you're going to tell them that what you're saying is what I'm saying. Someone needs to hear me this morning. You've been waiting on the Lord to say a whole lot of things, and he's waiting on you to get your mouth open. He said, then he said to me, I want you, 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 to prophesy over these bones, and I want you to say to them, hey, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Hear what's about to come out of my mouth. Thus says the Lord God to you, bones, behold, I'm going to cause breath to come into you and you will live. I'm not going to give you a choice. I'm not even going to give you an option. Here's a crazy real moment for you. I don't think there's another way. When I've come to you by Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit put me in this moment that looked like in the beginning I'm down here why, 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 why dry bones everywhere now I'm going to look around and I'm going to say guess what I know exactly why I'm here you're going to live. If you're gonna get down on your hands and knees instead of saying why, 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 get down only for the sole purpose of getting real close to the death that is around you and saying, you're about to live, you're about to live, you're about to live, and you're about to live, and you're about to live. Get ready, I wanna make sure you hear me real well. You're about to live, dry bone. Here's a crazy real moment for you. You're about to live. Behold, I'll cause breath to enter you and you will live and I will lay sinews upon you. Ooh. First of all, these bones are gonna begin to draw together. I can't stand the sound of cracking fingers. I got a massage some time ago and they were doing my feet and at the end of it, they grabbed my toes. Somebody had just told me that they did their toes. I said, that's disgusting. And this person took my toes and I was like, ow. Stop! Oh, wretched man that you are! <laughs> Verse 6, And I will lay sinews upon you, and, you will, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and I'm about to cover you with skin, and I'm going to put breath in you, and you are going to live, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel's looking at these bones. Listen! Listen, this isn't door number one and door number two. I'm about to tell you circumstances. We're about to have a crazy real moment here. And we're going to have a crazy real moment because I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. I'm not doing this because I think it's a good idea. I'm doing this because he put me right in the middle of this and instead of complaining about this, instead of telling all my friends and my family and saying, oh, I'm back in the same situation again, I'm going to begin to speak to this thing and I'm going to begin to declare to this thing and I'm going to say, live, bones and muscle and sinew and flesh and breath and air and life, live, Bones. So I prophesied just as, he told, just as he told me. I prophesied just as I was commanded. Everybody say just as he was commanded. He was commanded. See, this is, this is the thing, man. This is, this is the, don't be, well, this is the thing. Ezekiel didn't go find him a bunch of dry bones and say, you know what, I'm gonna show somebody how great God is. It's like that thing I've told you about before. When I was a youth minister and, and I mean, yeah, I was a youth pastor. And we went to this conference thing and we're going down and everybody said at the beach, you know, we need to just join hands and walk down the beach and everybody that our chain touches, we're just going to witness to them. I thought that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. That's like, walk, that's like walking out into a graveyard. You don't have the word of the Lord to be there and say, everybody rise up. And you're going to stand here all day long and keep saying, rise up, rise up, rise up. Nobody's coming out of that grave because you're not there by the word of the Lord. It's embarrassing sometimes. We pass billboards. My wife and I pass some billboards. We pass them all the time. So do you. We pass them in these different churches that they have out there, and they put up these little candy-coated little statements that are out there. I'm trying to think of one right now. I can't. I just try to erase them out of my memory as soon as I see them. And they got these little cheesy little statements that are out there. What's, what's one? Uh, riding horses for Jesus or ponies for Jesus, and they were doing it for fall festival. Oh, Roundup for Jesus. And I think what you're doing is you're turning the kingdom into a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, right. Round up for Jesus. <laughs> and nobody takes the church seriously, and nobody takes the kingdom seriously, and we wonder why. Because we got these corny little bumper, bumper stickers on our car. You might have some. Please don't bring them into the parking lot. Take them off before you get in. Leave them out there. When you leave the parking lot, put them back on. <laughs> little fishes on your car, those kinds of things, please just leave them. And then when you go, put them back on. Because it's so corny and it turns the kingdom into a cartoon. See, Holy Spirit's not in the middle of all of that because Holy Spirit's not interested in making it a cartoon. Holy Spirit's interested in doing miraculous things, crazy real things with crazy real people, with people that have so much faith. They're like, you know what? It's, it, it's coming to a place. The first time, it's supernatural. The second time, that's exactly what I know you do. The first time, it was supernatural, but it's not supernatural anymore. Now it's just God. Now it's just who you are. So I prophesied, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. Nothing like that, I'm sure. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Imagine that standing there. Live. 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 All this stuff begins to come together. And I looked and behold, there were sinews and flesh and skin had covered them. They were still dead bodies. There was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. The breath was there, but had not yet been assigned. That's a crazy, real moment. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, God. Wait a minute, Yahweh. The breath is here. You, you, you told me to say that a minute ago. He said, "Yeah, the breath is present, but hasn't yet been assigned." Not any different than the day you were born, when He breathed His breath into the nostrils of this dirt that created you. The breath was present, but until it was assigned to you, you did not live. You are not a living being until he assigned breath to you. And he says to them, he says, now I want you to do this. I want you to prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. And you say to the breath, this is what the Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet and it was an exceedingly great army. This thing moments before he looked. Around him it was death. You look around you. Some of you, you look around you. All you see is dry nothingness. No possibilities. No hope. You can't, you've, you're tired of dreaming. You're tired of believing. You feel like you no longer have any faith. I'm telling you today, you need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in you. But we need to empower Holy Spirit in you. So that you can believe again. For what looks impossible. You need to speak to that. And then when that stuff begins to come together, you need to prophesy to the breath Roxanna. Yes, hallelujah. Prophesy to the breath, Kaylee. Prophesy to the breath, AJ. That's right. That's right. And say to that that gives life, Holy Spirit, blow. That's right. Ooh, blow into this moment. It. it might not look like bones. It might look like a lack of job or lack of income or lack of wisdom or lack of knowledge or lack of discipline or lack of hope, whatever it is. But breathe into this moment. Yay. Life. Walking by the Spirit and living a life full of Holy Spirit opens up. Literally opens up. Crazy, crazy real potential in you and me. Can you believe that? It opens up things for you and me that too many of us have stopped expecting. We've We've stopped expecting these things. We've come to the place... We look around us and we see it. And our first response is Who am I going to call to get me through this? Who can I make an appointment with to get me through this? Listen to what I'm saying. What happens if, when we're down on our hands and our knees and we're looking at all those bones and we're seeing all of that dryness and we're seeing all of that death and we're seeing all of that impossibility and we're seeing that overwhelming situation? I've got a vast army. You ever feel like you have all the resources you need, but none of it's coming together? That's what he's, it must have looked like that to Ezekiel. I've got an army here. They're just not moving. What good is my army when they're not moving? What happens when you get down there and you begin to speak into that? What Holy Spirit, there's a re, You need to think about, are you in, whatever you're in, if you feel like you're in a valley of dry bones, ask yourself this question. Are you there because of your choices or are you there because of his choice? Are you there because your bad choices got you there or are you there because he put you there? If you're there because of your bad choices, say, Father, I repent. That's right. yeah. Holy Spirit, empower me to get me through this. If I'm here because of your choice, Father, you tell me when to speak to the air. Yeah. That's right. Tell me when to speak to the bones. Tell me when to speak to this that's gathered around me. I'm gonna tell you he will. Yeah. Acts 8, turn there, please. Acts chapter 8, verses, starting with verse 4. Those who are scattered... Went about preaching the word. I'm leaving quite a bit out here. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he, procl- he proclaimed to them Jesus Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and they saw the signs that he did. Unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So, so there was so much joy in that city. Miracles were taking place because of the power of Holy Spirit in Philip, as he began to preach and minister, flip or go down to verse 26. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip. Philip, I want you to rise and I want you to go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit, everybody say the spirit, spirit, said to Philip, Go over and join the chariot. This is a crazy real moment. Why would I do that? I don't know the guy. And the Spirit said to Philip, this is crazy real living. This is saying, you know what, Holy Spirit, I trust you. Not for weird stuff. Not for weird. What do you want me to do that's really bizarre today? What do you want me to do that's going to freak people out today? That's not, no, that's not, that's not it. It's what do you want me to do? What, is, what do you want me to do today by Holy Spirit? Help me do it. Weird doesn't draw people in. Truth does. Archie said it earlier. Truth does. The Spirit said to Philip, I want you to go join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I? Unless someone guides me. That's how most people feel when they read the Bible. How do I understand this thing? Man, in this book it says this, in the other book it says something that looks contrary, yet it's not, but it's fitting for that moment, and it's not for that, and this preacher said this, and that preacher said that. My God, I don't know what I'm supposed to read, so I'm just not going to read at all. That's where most people are. Father said, mm, be full of the Spirit. I'll make it all clear to you, and every day, today it might mean something to you, that tomorrow it means nothing at all. That's right. Totally different. Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. He invited Philip. He said, come on up here, man. I want You got something to say, obviously. So the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shears is silent, he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. Is it possible that I could be baptized here? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away. Where'd you go? Doesn't matter. He was here, and now he's not. It's good. I got saved and baptized. And the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. That would be a weird thing. <laughs> Suddenly, one moment you're here, and the next thing you know, you find yourself, oh, where am I? Oh, I'm halfway around the world. How cool was that? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jet lag maybe? No, not now. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now, let me point something out about this. Somebody was saying something to me this week about, and they may be watching this morning. A lot of people may be watching this morning that normally don't watch. And thank you for watching, if you are watching. If you are watching and I'm saying something and I'm talking about you, um, I won't say your name, so there's no need for a disclaimer. But you may be. But I was talking to somebody this week. And in talking to them, they were sharing with me about the phases in their life, and in ministry, and in their church, and in their world, and in their faith, and, and so on and so forth. They were talking to Kim and me about these phases in their life, and, and they were sharing that they had come to a place where there was a nothing. Right. There was a season of joy, and then there was a nothing, and while they were in the nothing, they're having to figure out what's, what comes after this nothing, And I said to them, we were sitting, we happened to have dinner with them on this particular night, and I said to them, I said, see, I just believe the kingdom is more like this. And I began to describe. And I said, if I believe that the nature of God is that we move from glory to glory to glory, I don't believe that there's ever a reason that we celebrate the glorious moment and then it just drops off, it fades away, and then we slowly begin to find where the next glory is. I don't believe there's a gap between glory and glory. When we are empowered by the Holy Spirit and He enables us and we listen to Him and we expect the crazy real things, we expect it's just not going to be normal. The supernatural, the first time it's supernatural, after that I expect it, that's crazy real, that I can actually believe you can do something so amazing you take me from glory to glory, not glory to the doldrums, to glory, not glory to nothingness, to glory, not glory to failure, to glory. I don't believe there has to be a gap between glory to glory and neither did Philip Philip went from an event a revival he was taken out of a revival to go to minister to a eunuch boom in the middle of a revival people are getting saved and delivered and coming into the kingdom and God said oh right in the middle of it see the church world religion wouldn't do that the Baptist church the Pentecostal church they wouldn't do that today are you kidding me we can't shut down this revival 180 people got saved last night. That's more important to God than going to the next town. And God might be saying, oh, man, you missed it. You are so missing the point. You measure how great and awesome the things are you're doing by how many people get saved. He said, you think everything you do is based on who's going to get saved. It's like the best bargain. We're going to go to town A because we think 300 will get saved. We'll leave town T two for last because only 20 will get saved. Everything's the best bargain, the best deal in town. And he says, I don't do it that way. He says, right in the middle of a revival when thousands are coming to the Lord, he took me out. Couldn't do that in Brownsville. Couldn't do that in Toronto. You couldn't do that in Azusa because they drain it dry. We're going to preach till people are tired of hearing us preaching. We're going to give altar calls until people stop coming. And the father said, long before you got to the point where they stopped coming, they stopped coming. Somebody said something this week that I thought was really interesting. They said, everything you eat in private will show up in public. Did you catch that? Said you might eat it in private, but it's going to show up in public. Just think about that for a second. And that's the nature of religion. And the Father says, what I want to do is I want to get you, I want to get you to the place where you have this, and this is only, this is a kind of crazy real moment. This is going to be supernatural for some folks that you can actually go from glory to Glory that you don't wait till it's sucked dry. See, I don't want my cup, I don't wanna say, ooh, today my cup is full and running over, but I'm gonna wait until, to use the next cup until this one's empty. I'm just gonna take, when he takes me to here, to the next glory, somebody else is gonna fill this place because now it's their time. The cup should never be empty. And see, we, we drain too many things, and then we expect the next generation to fill it back up. We suck it dry. We suck the life out of it, and we give it to them empty and say, start over. Yep. Wow. Tell them I'll call them back. <laughs> That's the nature of it that's the nature of religion but the nature of the kingdom is from glory to glory I'm going to tell you a crazy real moment and you you do these crazy real things by Holy Spirit see Philip was whisked away from here to here to here to here and guess what guess what guess what he was every place he found himself in every single place Johans he found every single place Christian he found himself in he was in by Holy Spirit and he was in the right place and the reason he was put in that place was fulfilled the purpose what needed to happen happened because he went from glory to glory I've told you before when I'm at 60 years old I'm going to begin transitioning out of the leadership of this house I'm 54 I'll be 55 this year five more years for some of you that might be a shock I've said that before five more years I'm going to begin to transition the leadership of this house to another generation five more years five more years but you know what In five years, if we have a thousand people and a hundred more new are coming every day, every Sunday, people are knocking down doors. That's not going to stop me. You know why? Because I'm going to transfer this to the next generation because that's a word of the Lord to me. I'm going to transfer this to the next generation when it's alive. It's full of life. And then I'm going to sit out there on the second row halfway down. And somebody is going to lead worship, whoever's leading or whatever they're doing, and I'm going to be shouting, Woo! and I'm going to come down here, and I'm going to dance like Mariah. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and I don't know what the next glory in is, and because I said to the person that was there, they don't enjoy ministry anymore, and I said, I love it. I said, I'm going to get it, I'm going to get up at 5.30 a.m. in Miami, Florida Sunday morning and I'm going to get to my truck just as fast as I can I didn't—I couldn't even drink water or coffee I, and I told him this I said I'm going to get to my truck as fast as I can and as fast as I can within legal limits I'm going to get to the rock of Central Florida in fact my wife kept telling me if you let me drive we'll get there on time I spared my wife from a choice of lawlessness today. That's what husbands and wives do for one another. And I said, I'm going to drive with everything that I've got in me. And I said, and you know what? I love it. And I'm going to love ministry for the rest of my life. I love to equip and I love to build up and I love to give hope and I love to show people that there is a way. I love to demonstrate to people that if you'll trust Holy Spirit, He will give you crazy real moments that you didn't think were possible. And yet they are. And I said in five years, give or take a year, I'm going to hand this thing off right at, at the apex. When everybody would be saying, "Steve, are you craved? You lost your mind?" for almost 30 years. You've been preaching and teaching and I have been preaching 30 years, but at that time in this house, preaching and teaching and equipping and building this house and leading this house and you're going to step away. Not because I don't enjoy ministry, because I'm going from glory to glory, and the moment I know what that glory is, I'm stepping out of this glory, and I'm going to step into this glory. You need to hear what I'm saying this morning. You know what was supernatural to me when I came to the realization that I could do that? And what was even more supernatural to me was that I came to the realization that I could do that, and I could tell you about it. And I could tell you about it, and you'd still come back the next week, not thinking, "Oh, we're going to have leadership's going to change at some point, and I don't want to go to that church anymore because the leadership." I don't worry about that. You know, why I don't worry about that because that's not why you're here. It shouldn't be. And if that is why you're here, you're going anyway. You won't last anyway. But I look at this and I say, "Here it is," and I said. I'm going to step over into another glory and I'm going to hand that to somebody else and I'm going to celebrate their glory. My wife and I are going to be out there as often as we're in town. I want to travel. And we're going to celebrate their glory. See, those crazy real moments are those things that happen to you because you walk with Holy Spirit. Crazy real in the kingdom doesn't happen unless you allow Holy Spirit to do in you the supernatural things. I have to believe him to do the supernatural. I have to believe that he will empower me to be a part of the supernatural. See, I can have Holy Spirit and believe the supernatural for Johans, believe supernatural for Keith and Wendy, believe supernatural for Joe and Karen, believe supernatural for for Will and Liz, for whoever. I can believe the supernatural for all these different people, everybody else in the building, but that doesn't do anything about me. And it's okay to believe for you. I want to believe for you. I want to believe with you. I want the supernatural for you. But I also have to believe it for me. I want a crazy real moment. I'm going to have to trust Holy Spirit. I'm going to have to do what Kaylee was prophesying this morning when she was singing that first song. And she said, "It's it's not outward, it's inward. It's from the inside out. I'm going to have to dig into that. And I'm gonna have to say, Holy Spirit, you know what, you're present in me. You're not present in the walls and these sound baffles that look gray and pretty. You're not present in the sign. You're not present in the in, in all of this stuff that goes out that's tangible. You are present in me. That's right. You are present, not not in my heart, but you are present in me. You fill every sinew, you fill every cell, you fill every part of who I am, my mind, my spirit, my everything about me. You are you completely saturate, you have saturated me. If I cut off a piece of my flesh, there's a part of you in it. If I lose a fingernail, there's a part of you in it because you have saturated every available space in me. And if I can access that and I can have faith that you are empowering me to believe for more, those crazy real moments will happen to me. That kind of moment for Ezekiel when he's in there and he's saying, hey, listen, this is a valley of dry bones, but live, live, live. You know what that valley of dry bones represented to Ezekiel? everything around him, everything around Ezekiel. It didn't matter how far he looked, it just looked dry and dead. There was nothing happening. And the father said, let me just take you, let me show you something. You have more than you think. You, When you look, all you see is dry bones. When I look, I see a living army. Philip, when you look, you see a great revival when I look, I'm looking past that to the eunuch on a chariot all by himself, ready to come to know me. And because you trust me, you let me take you out of that aha moment into another aha moment that you didn't know was aha moment. But you let me take you there, and you would only let me do that by Holy Spirit. See, if it wasn't for Holy Spirit, you would have stayed in your revival and let the, whole, and let the eunuch go to hell. But by Holy Spirit, you don't mind going from glory to glory. You don't chew glory up and spit it out until there's nothing left and then look for the next thing. If you find yourself in the middle or in between two glories, it's because you stayed in the first one too long. Don't wait until you're on the downhill side before you step into the nether. I'm gonna tell you what we need to be looking to do is step from one top to the next top, to the next top, to the next top. Does anybody hear me today? Crazy Real is believing that he can actually do these things. And you know what, Holy Spirit, he sent Holy Spirit. He said, it is to your advantage, Wanda, that I go away because in my going, what I'm gonna do is something really cool. I'm going to send that part of my Father to you that is going to cause you to know Him in such a way that you can believe for things that you never thought were possible. I'm going to send Holy Spirit to you and He is going to teach you everything I know about my Father, everything you need to know about me. He is going to teach you. He is going to instruct you. And the cool thing is... What you gotta love about Holy Spirit is he will lead you and he will pat you on the back and he will say, this is the right way, you're doing great. At the same time, he's the perfect kind of teacher that will say, oh, 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 little to the left, scoot over. He will also bring whatever correction that's needed in whatever way, it might might come from the preacher. Not me probably, but it might come from the preacher. Might come from your husband, might come from your friend, might come from him. He might say something to you in the corner of your bedroom when you're sitting there trying to figure out what happened. But it'll come. When you look around this morning, you look around your life and you measure your life and you weigh your life and you weigh your circumstances and you weigh where you are today. When you look around and you get a little visual of what's going on around you, what does it look like? What does it look like? And wherever you are, are you there because of your own choices? Then repent and let Holy Spirit show you and teach you and equip you and enable you to recover from that, to be healed from that, to be delivered from that, to find a way out, to walk out of that. He's not, he's not, it's not likely He's going to transport you out of your bad decisions and put you somewhere else, but it is very likely, if you'll trust Him, that He will give you the answer to get through it. But if you're in that place because... Holy Spirit has you there. He's waiting for you to speak to the circumstances.